fancy a cold lager all the way from the Rocky Mountains? Or an IPA from the sunny shores of California? Or a delicious creamy stout from your local craft breweries? With over 800 beers to choose from, craftbeersdelivered.com is home to the best craft beer from around the globe. We're one of Ireland's largest craft beer delivery services run by our in-house beer specialists. From your favorite IPAs, stouts, lagers, and more, to some very special limited edition brews, we have a brew for the whole crew. Craftbeersdelivered.com offers quick, hassle-free delivery straight to your door. Order online today at craftbeersdelivered.com. Always drink responsibly. Welcome to the Beer Ladies Podcast with your hosts, Lisa, Katie, Christina, and myself, Tandy. You can find us at our website or all over social media. Our website is beerladiespodcast.com and our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon, Blue Sky, TikTok, and even Facebook are at Beer Ladies Pod or Beer Ladies Podcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can find our merch store link uh, on any of our social media bios uh, or in the show notes for this episode. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode, do mail us at beerladiespodcast at gmail.com. Now back to the beer. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Beer Ladies Podcast, spooky edition, spooky season. We are in basically episode two of our spooky season because we've also balanced it with Sober October, which was a bit new for us. But in today's episode, we are going thoroughly into a, a part of the world that I don't know much about. So Lisa and Christina here are going to guide me and hopefully the rest of you along with beer and horror movies. Who hands up if you like horror movies? Because uh, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit I'm of a in the chicken. <laughs> okay, like I, I'm a bit of a chicken. I have watched some, but I, you know, I just I'm not drawn to them naturally. I guess maybe if they're a little um, creepy rather than scary, maybe I like those better. But I'm not. I don't know enough about horror, so I'll well, I think we'll get into it. that though. I think we'll get into that. <laughs> yes. That's going to be a, yes. a topic of conversation. Indeed. But before we get right in there, let's talk about what we're drinking. Christina, let's start with you. Okay, so I'm not drinking today, but I did bring a beer. So Lisa and I were really lucky to go see the um, premiere of this documentary about making beer from the 16th century, um, which was really, really cool. And we'll link that. And hopefully we're going to, I don't want to give too much away because we're going to get them on the podcast, which is really exciting. Um, but uh, Canvas Brewing was there and I got this Triple X Stout, which is Road Not Taken. And yeah, uh, Heritage Malt fermented dry in oak with black pearl yeast. Sounds really exciting. And when I am drinking this weekend for <laughs> Halloween activities, I'm really excited to get into this. Nice. Here, here. Lisa, what you got? Uh, well, I'll just also say I had some of that when we were at the event and it was very good. So I did enjoy, but I will say that I have Balico Cabins Bambrick's Brown Ale one because it's just objectively perfect, but also because I think, and we'll talk more about this, but I do think that Brown Ale is one of the most perfect things to pair with any kind of spooky season kind of activity and especially these kind of films and I'll say films and possibly tv adaptations because i'm gonna i'm gonna get into some of that so cool okay so i didn't know what to pair with this but it is a fairly cold damp you know very autumnal night and uh, recently i was at a beer competition a homebrew competition and we were doing german beers and for practice, I posted a, a picture up on Instagram um, the day before, but for practice, I got hold of a whole bunch of vice beers and pilsners and all different things, but there was a standout for me, so I bought it again. It is from Whiplash. It is called The Mash and the Fury, which I thought was Ooh. a cool name, and it's a double decoction Merzen. Um, so a very rich multi lager, and I like this can, um, the can art as well. It looks a little spooky, so I thought I was I was going to do that. Now there was a there was a possibly other lovely choice by Whiplash, which is Blue Ghost, which is a pilsner, just for the ghost. But yeah, it's not it's not the right day for that. I feel it's a. I'm nice with day. you. I I feel like mm -hmm. and I'm sure we'll talk more about it, but I I do feel the this this whole genre is more of a of a dark beer kind of a genre, mm. you know. So interesting yeah. okay so where do we start how do we start with horror movies and beer 
<laughs> well, we could start with like, do we like them? And if we do, how did we get into them or the types that we got into? So Lisa, I'm curious mm. to hear from you because you particularly like folk horror. So talk a little yeah. bit about how you got into that. That That is a, a good question. And I, I probably wish I knew the answer better myself for some of it. But uh, that, that said, yeah, I definitely, uh, you know, first saw The Wicker Man, you know, the, the sort of granddaddy of all the folk horror films. Oh, gosh, I, I probably would have been maybe 14 or 15. So this was a long time ago now. So I, I'm like, I've then went to see it at the 25th anniversary and the 50th anniversary uh, screening. So that that says that it's been it's been with me a long time. Uh, but uh, that's sort of one way I got into folk horror. But I think, you know, in addition to, to films like the Wicker Man, and uh, there's you know sort of the, the unholy trinity with uh, Witchfinder General with Vincent Price and Blood on Satan's Claw, which again, all vibes. Um, and I think one of the things I really like about all of them is it's not just kind of that, again, the folk horror element, we could, we, we could go a long way down talking about like folk horror rabbit holes, because I also have, you know, special favorite um, folk horror uh, stories from Doctor Who, and it, it gets, it gets weird, uh, is what it gets. Um, some of them set in pubs, so just a, an FYI there, but um, I think there's, the, I think one of the reasons I'm very into them is there's that, there's this very sort of 70s you know, feel to them. The the music is always great. So I think that's one of the things I do really like about this this genre is just there's more sort of uh, sort of tell don't show. Usually, not always, but you've got the creepy music, you've got this sort of atmosphere if if you like. But I think there's also some really great literary adaptations that we can talk about too. And I think when we talk about horror, I've got the, the kind of folk horror bit that I really like, and then I've got some of the again, kind of 70s, um, although not, not not only, but I've got that sort of 70s era sort of um, TV adaptations of all the M.R. James that were on the BBC back in the day. And, but again, I, I think that's the thread that runs through them all is it's it's more about the, the, the kind of the talking and the atmosphere than sort of seeing something that's sort of viscerally scary necessarily, kind of lets you fill in the blanks yourself. But I, I think too, they all feel very autumnal in different ways even if they're set at different times of year and I think maybe that's why they all kind of go nicely with a darker beer so I look at that I I brought it all the way back around but uh yeah long story short got into the stuff in probably the the 80s um but also sort of when I was living in the UK many years ago was sort of drip fed this diet of that kind of thing all my friends were into this stuff as well so I, I think I sort of fell into all of the kind of haunted generation stuff too that's that's out there like the public information films that are just horrifying um from the 60s and 70s so uh actually that's a great thing to do to put on a, of a weekend if it's as it's spooky season you can put on a big compilation of them sit down with a beer and just be like wow this is what we had children watch this is amazing so highly recommend <laughs> yeah those those candy yeah I was just gonna ask, can you tell me a little bit about like creepy movies you like or? Okay, so I'll tell you a very embarrassing secret. <laughs> when I was, I think I was 10, I snuck in with my friends to go and watch Scream, um, which objectively is probably not the scariest movie in the world, but it is a bit of a jump scare, you know, mm. slasher vibe thing. And there were, there were a lot of those back in that day, sort of mid 90s yeah. I want to say a lot of those kinds of movies and let me tell you I didn't sleep for weeks after that <laughs> movie <laughs> I think possibly I was you know just a little young for it but it traumatized me and then I thought I'd gotten over this kind of horror thing and I like a creepy movie I like a thriller especially psychological mm, yeah. thrillers I like that sort of thing and things where there's like really clever plot lines and twists I like that a lot I think it's it's the real uh, I don't know, the jump scary ones that that kind of irritate me. Um, sometimes because they're dumb. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. they're kind of a little bit gory for the sake of it. And I, I don't have any good examples, of course. Um, but I'll tell you which one has probably scared me the most and one which I, I probably haven't watched many horrors after the, afterwards is The Ring. I don't know what it is about that movie, man, but it scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> and I think it's also because I'm a cat person and those creepy kids are kind of weird cat poses and sounds oh it was so scary so not mm, not couldn't say I, I've, I'm a fan of anything <laughs> I need <laughs> recommendations there yeah well, what about Christina, you Christina, Christina about yeah we know story. you yeah. you have a whole it, it's expansive <laughs> yeah so I'm lifelong horror obsessed like even when I was like three and four 
I always wanted to be something spooky. You know, I grew up with those scary stories to tell in the dark and then graduated to Goosebumps and then graduated to Fear Street, probably before you're supposed to be reading Fear Street, but I was very happy to be reading them. And then kind of in the opposite, Tandy, I was around 10 when I saw Scream at my friend's house and I fell in love. Um, I've been <laughs> so obsessed with horror movies my whole life. Although I'm not really into very torture heavy ones. I don't really like them. I don't really see the point to them. Um, but you know, you do you, if you like them, that's awesome, but they're just not for me. Cause I like a little bit more of a plot. Um, although I guess there are some that are a little bit column A, column B, but they're not for me. They're not my favorite. Mm. Um, that said, the movies that I will be talking about today are for the most part proper scary some of them are on the scariest movies ever made list one of them is supposed to be the scariest movie ever made although again your mileage may vary because there are a lot of movies that are scary that I don't find scary and vice versa so yeah, yeah. it's very mm-hmm. much your um your opinion on them but I really like horror um for many reasons like the concept of the final girl I find really fascinating there's been a lot of really interesting feminist work on horror movies and feminism and female empowerment um, from both sides, whether it is or whether it isn't. Um, I also think a lot of horror movies have a really interesting political statement. They make um, really interesting commentary on the state of the world, if you kind of dig into them. Um, So I've always been really interested to see sort of what they're parodying. Uh, So yeah, I'm kind of obsessed. Um, So I've got some good recommendations for you today, but just bear in mind that most of mine will be properly scary. Mm. Okay, good to yeah. know. I I feel like we need um. There was something I was listening on some other podcast, and I really wish I could remember, but I can't. Um, but one of the hosts on the side also like really loved horror movies and put together this kind of program for the other host who didn't like horror at all and was you know a chicken like me, and sort of had to go through you know you have to go through certain levels of scary before you can graduate to the next levels, and I'm sure that they continued it, but. Yeah, I didn't listen in, enough to it, but don't know, don't know where to start. Yeah, I think if I could, I could start with my like least scary ones if you want, and then we can kind of build up there. But again, that's like your mileage may vary. And when I said I don't like torture ones, mine are still incredibly violent, some of them. So I just don't like movies like Hostel. Um, no, those just yeah. aren't for me. Awful. Yeah. Was, or ter- um, Hostel and Saw. Saw is terrible. I don't mind the first one, but mm. I just. The first one was a really fascinating um, trope. It kind of turned everything on its head. But then I think from there, they haven't been my favorite. But again, like, you know, it's really subjective. Mm. They're just not for me. To be fair, if I say awful, I I, I don't think I'm commenting on the quality of the movie as much as scared the shit out of me. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it is is true, actually, because when Saw first came out, um, I thought that was the weirdest, most interesting concept. And I enjoyed it from that perspective. Although the the torture, as you say, was, I I find it very hard to watch. It's just, ooh. Um, But yeah, I can't believe that they're on a 10th one. This is crazy to me. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because I feel like there is a very specific sort of structure, if if you like structure and almost grammar to, to a lot of horror, um, which I do find very interesting. And and I think we were talking a little bit about this at my Halloween party the other night, how, you know, they, they kind of thought, oh, everyone liked the first saw, but they didn't pick the parts that we thought were kind of objectively interesting about that structure. They kind of rebuilt other bits and were like, no, no, that wasn't it. It was the other the other sort of pieces of that uh, sort of scaffolding, if, if you like. So I do think there are mm. some things that you... You need your horror film to have again, regardless of what kind, because you have to have that that build. And if it's all just kind of out there, you know, just sort of like you said, jump scare after jump scare, it's not it's not interesting. So, mm. yeah. and then before we get into these kind of recommendations, how do we see horror movies and beer? You know, what what is the overall way in which you might think of a beer and think of a movie and put them together? I have a couple of very specific, uh, like very nerdy, nerdy things, which is that um, actually uh, Verdant over in Cornwall made a, a, a beer, have actually made a couple of sort of folk horror related beers that tie in either to the Wicker Man 50th anniversary or they have their own little sort of um, music and I guess high strangeness festival. So I love that they have really leaned into it and they have brewed beers specifically uh, to kind of complement um these kind of artistic ventures and I, I think that's really really exciting now that said 
I have not been able to get my hands on most of those. I did get one of them when it was on tap at the underdog while I was on my way to go see the Wicker Man. So I had to like, you know, make a stop to make it all work out. But I, I do tend to, again, often because the, the particular sort of horror and horror adjacent stuff I like tends to be British. I just kind of lean into kind of English beer for the most part. So again, lots of brown ales, lots of porters. Uh, but I think some of that's the seasonality of it too. Like, you know, it just seems to kind of go nicely with it or, or fit well. It just feels very, very seasonal. But I do have a couple of other sort of specific beers that I think are kind of the perfect thing to have with particular films or again, particular TV adaptations. So there you go. But again, they tend to be darker beers for the darker films. So there you go. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into it. Christina, lead lead the charge. Tell us, tell us what we should be watching and what we should be drinking. Okay. So my first sort of level, um, and I'm going to name usually multiple movies for beer styles. So I'm not going to name a specific beer. I'm going to name a style and then I'm going to name a couple of movies. And mine just on the vibes, like what I think. So really, it's very, very highly technical. Um, <laughs> so my first sort of level is, well, let's start with what we just talked about, Scream. Um, for me, Scream is a comfort movie, and I'm sure you're all going, you're insane, probably. Um, but yeah, so Scream for me is a comfort movie. I watched it a million times. I like the Scream movies. I think they're funny. I really like the sort of self-aware, don't say, I'll be right back kind of stuff. I think they're really, for when they came out, really intelligent films. I love Scream. Um, with that, sort of the, I know you what you did last summer, maybe throw those urban legend movies in there, maybe the faculty, those kind of films, those 90s sort of movies and lots of nostalgia. So for that, I would pick an American lawnmower beer, which is really different <laughs> from perhaps the dark beers that you would see. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm going with that because it's nice, easy drinking, sort of something relaxing. Also with a nostalgia, maybe that's your first kind of beer you drank. Maybe that's what you saw your family mm. grow up and drink. So for me, I'm kind of pairing it that way. So that's kind of what the vibes I get for that. I love it. That, that makes total sense, especially the nostalgia aspect. Like, yeah, makes makes a good amount of sense. So from that from that era, you probably weren't drinking yet, or maybe you were, but I certainly wasn't. And that's what I would have seen my dad drink. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Okay, so so now we know that that's the sort of level of movie that I know I can handle. So <laughs> what's next? <laughs> oh, do you want me to do all mine? Go on. Go on. Oh, okay. Okay. So the next one actually I don't find really scary either. It's more of a dark fairy tale. So the film is Tigers Are Not Afraid, and it is one of my favorite sort of films. It will make you cry. It is sad and beautiful. Um, just an amazing film. Um, so for that one, I go with a Czech dark lager because it's malty, it's sweet, but it's got a bit of that backbone to it, and it's you know balanced, and it's one of my favorite things to drink. So I find Tigers Are Not Afraid to be this like lovely, heartwarming story. It's really kind of tragic and quite sad, um, but it's also horror. Mm. So Tandy, I what think you would like said, it. Said slower for me. Sorry, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Tigers are not afraid. Okay. And is it's that, about um, kids. <laughs> okay. Are, are any of the movies you're going to talk about or have spoken about, are any of them international coming from other countries? Yes. As so Tigers to just is sort of not American? afraid is yeah. a Spanish language film. Um, oh, a lot cool. of my films will be, some of my favorite movies are Indonesian. I have some Japanese ones on here, um, some Argentinian films. I've, I like, I have a script in the shutter. I watch films from all over the world. I think... I have a problem um <laughs> but yeah so a lot of these will be things that you're going to want um either your non-traditional streaming services for or you're going to want to find them on like, tubi has an excellent selection for our movies if you're in the u.s um okay. yeah Good. but I'll, I'll i'll try to remember which ones are, are uh yeah, from where? <laughs> so check check Doc Lager. That's that's my kind of beer. So I feel like I need to watch this film. Yeah, honestly, Tandy, I think you would like it. I don't think it's that scary. I think it's beautiful and haunting. I think is more how I would describe mm. it. Okay. Um. Cool. So sort of, I guess my next on the list are the Mike Flanagan um, Netflix series. So haunting a pillow house, haunting a blind manor, um, midnight mass. Now my favorite out of those is midnight mass. I know some people aren't really into it because there's lots of monologues, but Midnight Mass is a really good film. Um, 
I'm not going to tell you really what it's about because it will give it away. And I really think you should go into it absolutely blind. Again, Hauntingly Beautiful, I think, can describe Mike Flanagan's films um, or TV shows. The new one just dropped um, called The House of Usher, which I have not watched yet because I want to binge it all over Halloween. Um, yeah, just beautiful, amazing dialogue. They're they're just well, really, really well done. Some of the best things I've ever watched horror-wise. And they're smart. And Tandy, I think you'd, you'd be okay. Um, again, it is a, uh, not a, not a show kind of thing. They're not particularly gory. They're that hauntingly scary. Now there are some jump scares and things like that, but it's mostly this, like how humans interact with these sort of scary and spooky things in their lives. Um, so I highly recommend them. And what did I put down there? Uh, oh yes. Slander's Red. For nice. these, because they're complex, they're very complex. There's a lot of layers going on to them, and they build on themselves. So you think it's going one way, it's actually going this way. He's famous for having all sorts of like Easter eggs in his film, or like there's ghosts that you have to kind of watch them like three or four times to catch. So they're just like hanging around in the background. So you kind of want to go back and catch the ghosts again. Um, yeah, very complex want them like a fine wine you want to enjoy these films you want to sip the beer you want to sit back and enjoy and they're not films sorry they're tv shows you want to enjoy the series and just take your time like you know savor the complexities and i think that's mike flanagan's um, that's awesome are those, are those on netflix currently yes all of them and i recommend all of them though midnight mass is mm. my favorite then um hill house then fly banner and Okay. Hopefully House of Usher and, is supposed to be really good too. <laughs> and watch them in sort of chronological order, I'd imagine? No, they're not related oh. to each other really. So you can oh, cool. kind of go in with whatever you want and start wherever you gotcha. want. They're different stories. Mm. Um, they're different stories encapsulated in each other. So awesome. from there, um, the next one I have is going to be, again, something that I don't think is super scary, but it's scary enough. Um, it's called Power, and it's set in East London, and um, it's about this nurse in a hospital and kids, saving kids, and again, it's not um, super gory or anything. It's a ghost story, I believe, um, and so for this one, I picked a mild um, because it's set in East London, so I figure, you know, kind of that's that survive with that one and it's it's also a good movie also sort of haunting uh hauntingly beautiful from there i'm now getting into really fucking scary films so <laughs> um buckle up we're we're really kind of jumping completely into it now folks so for the first one i'm going to talk about autopsy of jane doe now the autopsy of jane doe is as all of these usually top some of the scariest movies ever made it is about well an autopsy and all the things that could go wrong during an autopsy and a lot of things you wouldn't think of so um for the autopsy of jane doe again belgian dark strong ale mm, interesting dark complex very strong this movie is violent and it will kick your ass if you're not prepared for it so and and I will say that the next ones that I'm going to talk about are going to be the same they're going to be pretty okay. off the charts so the next one um oh. is hmm? yeah no, I you know what I wanted to pause there for a second because when we talk about scary like what kinds of scary are they what sort of archetypes or, or Good idea. sort of categories of scary are they for people okay so so for the ones I've gone through, I mean, I think people know what Scream is. It's a slasher. So that's a slasher. Tiger's Not Afraid is a dark fairy tale is really how I would describe it. Um, what did I say? The power is a supernatural horror. Um, it's, again, not too violent or anything. Like, you you, you should pretty much be able to handle it. Uh, Mike Flanagan, again, supernatural horror, not a lot of gore or anything like that. So, you know, most people will be able to handle it. Autopsy of Jane Doe, violent, gory, supernatural, witchy. Um, <laughs> All the things. Ticks many boxes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Possession, you know, like that kind of stuff. I'm getting into increasingly violent films and then I'm going to kind of 
set them back a bit because I don't necessarily think to be a really scary movie it has to be particularly violent and I will explain that um Mm. so the next films that I'm going to talk about are from Indonesia um may the devil take you and may the devil take you too they are Mm. very scary very violent fascinating lore really interesting lore about how all of this happens and how it all goes down Indonesia has some amazing horror movies coming out or have been out highly recommend them so scary so well done um I should say so scary I don't really get scared scared of horror movies but like enjoyably scary fun scary um probably very scary for for people who don't like horror movies um but yeah really they're great films highly entertaining highly recommend them um black IPA nice Ooh. kind of in your face yeah with a lot of bitterness a good story behind it or should I say some good myths behind it um Mm -hmm. with the IPA idea um yeah scary very scary and so on the back of that a film that's kind of not similar but I would say similar genre is called terrifier or terrified not terrifier (laughs) Not terrifier, not not uh, with the the clown guy. Terrified, um, which is an Argentinian film. Absolutely scary, so good, supernatural. This one is violent um, from the outset. Like it just you get just right into it and off you go. Um, highly highly recommended. I adore it. Um, it's one of my favorite films. And uh, yeah, what did I put for that? Oh, right. I have a couple for this one. So Terrified is on this list. And what else? Ooh, right. Now, these two, I'm I'm putting them all kind of in the same beer. Um, but the these next two aren't as violent or as gory, I should say. Um, one of them is Gojiam Haunted Asylum. And oh, sorry, there's three. And the next one is Grave Encounters. And then the next one is Hell House LLC. And these are all found footage horror Mm. films, which I adore. And I know that people either kind of love them or they hate them. (laughs) I really like found footage. I think they can be absolutely way scarier than other films. So basically it looks like someone is just like filming with their phone or filming with a camcorder and there's all different shots and it'll like, they'll put like, cameras up in so let's talk about hell house llc which was really a film that was done on like a shoestring budget and it's about this group of people that are making this haunted house you know for people to come go through at halloween and enjoy the scares so they've got cameras throughout you know just so they can monitor their guests and then you know it's them filming themselves and just joking around but then you know you start seeing things move in the background or or whatever and it feels really authentic like you really feel like you're just watching someone recording off of something so I find that they can be really really scary um I also and I'm not going to say which films but some films that are in found footage have the whole genre of you're in a place and you're trapped and you can't get out and that is really really scary um and I think found footage does that really really well and Mm. also what Lisa said with the you have to guess what the thing is I think sometimes horror movies get it really wrong when they show the monster because the monster then suddenly you're going, oh, I don't like that CGI or, Mm. "Mm," you know, because whatever is in your head is way scarier. Yeah. And so I like found footage. Mm -hmm. So I like found footage because they don't tend to show the monster. They Uh hint at the monster. Yeah, um, and sometimes that like that budget constraint breeds the creativity. So, you know, exactly. because you don't have the money to go make a, a big scary thing, you have to imagine the big scary thing. And I, I think it's more creative anyway. So yeah. I do too, and I think it's scarier. And so actually, Tandy, these movies would scare most people like bejesus out of you, but they're not <laughs> like gory. Like there's not yes. a lot of there's violence, but you don't really see it. Um there's just a lot I think of I'd watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would recommend all three of those. And what did I say? Gongium, Haunted Asylum, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong, um, Grave Encounters, and Hell House LLC. And there's several Hell House movies, and there's a new one, Origins, coming out. And I, I, again, cannot recommend any of these enough. They're also usually on people's scariest films ever list. 
Um, and they're not particularly violent or gory. They're just really creative, very interesting films, and I adore them. They're really just mm. really good. Um, right. So what did I say? Short spear for those. Ooh, um, I like a short spear. It's a bit spear. unexpected. I think it's a bit unexpected. I think people tend to overlook it and forget that. Um, and so I think sometimes with found footage or especially like low budget found footage, like Hell House LSE, they think, oh, this is just, it's not going to, and then, you know, turns out it's one of the best horror movies ever made, right? So I, that's what I was kind of thinking for those. And then where am I? Right. I've got two films left. So the last shift, on the other hand, is incredible, or Moloch, it depends. There's a redo, there's an original, and oh, okay. then it's the last shift. There's a same movie, they've just been redone in different languages or whatever. Um, very scary film, incredibly violent, very bored, brilliant. Very interesting concept, um, very violent. Um, with that one, sort of like your your stout like your dark beer is sort of something that you, you know you kind of know what you're getting into this this is your sort of traditional incredibly violent horror film okay. very scary very well done and then my last film which is apt because we are in fact on zoom <laughs> is host now host has been voted they did like studies on people's like blood pressure or heart rate and it is apparently the scariest film ever made um I, I don't know if that's a great metric to determine how scary it actually is, but it's very scary. So the whole thing was made like in lockdown and it is all on Zoom or on someone's phone. And it is this whole concept of people on Zoom and things happen in the background or whatever. It's short. It is terrifying. That Genuinely, sounds very scary. And again, I think you'd like it, Tandy, because there's mm. no, like, there's not a lot of gore or violence or anything like that. It's, it's again, the things that you imagine or you see things, but you don't see, see things. And again, so I think those films are scary. So Host is yeah. brilliant. And that is my last film. And for that one, I said a session IPA because I remember drinking quite a few of those during lockdown on Zoom with all of you fine people. Fair. That is so funny. Is is there maybe something also scarier about it? Because I think on video, you know, you're so helpless. Like you can only see what's happening to another person and there's just nothing you can do about it. That must add a whole level of scary. I think that too. And also it's just not situational. During lockdown. Mm. So you're, you're kind of like looking at it and going, oh my God, this is so normal. And then you, you know, you, you imagine like, I can't even get to you because we're not allowed to leave five kilometers from our house. And I'm seeing, you know, whatever is happening to you and I can't mm. do anything about it. And I'm sort of trapped in this. Um, it is a brilliant film. And I think that and the found footage ones I said before go to show you that you actually don't need a huge budget to make a really amazing horror film. You really mm. don't now, don't get me wrong. The classics are the classics for a reason. But I think some of the scariest movies are these lower budget horror films. They're just, you know, because what you make up in your mind is worse. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. So I really appreciate your opinion because you are a, a complete horror movie nut. Um, and I wanted to give you the opposite end of intelligence in a different way anyway, which is ChatGPT. And I just want to give you a sampling of what ChatGPT Chat gave me because, as I said, I didn't know anything about this. So tell me, th this is basically agree or disagree, could this be a thing? Um, and these are mostly quite classic horror movies. So The Exorcist uh, with a stout. So it says, the deep, dark and rich flavors of a stout complement the intense and terrifying scenes in this classic horror movie. Oh, so I can see it because it's... Go, no, go on, and then I'll. I, I've got an opinion. So yeah, I can see it because it's that is kind of a classic beverage. I think like it's mm. a classic beer, and I think that's a classic film. But I don't know if it's a stout or something. Maybe a little bit lighter. I. Uh, yeah, like I was like, thinking The Exorcist. I was actually thinking more West Coast IPA. Like I wanted a little bit of punch there, even though. More bitterness like yeah a, a little more bitterness i i i agree and, and honestly i'm i am still a big big fan of the exorcist and i i'm one of those weirdos who I, I must have seen it first when i was 
like eight or nine and I thought it was hilarious because I went to Catholic school so I was like this is so funny and I'm kind of still in that place although I think it's an amazing film I think it's a beautiful film in terms of how it's shot and how it's edited but I, I think since I'd already like had that sort of I don't know if you like the, the indoctrination. I was just like, that's what this ain't school. That's really funny. So it, it didn't work <laughs> on me for, for, for that reason from that perspective, but I think it's great to watch. But I would say definitely like, yeah, you want something with a little bit of a, a little bit of bitterness. Although I, I've got two sort of fun, fun facts about uh, The Exorcist, which is that uh, the the sort of original story, it's based on when it was a boy and two, he was probably making it all up, but you know, whatever. But uh, a lot of it actually took place in St. Louis. And so it's one of the the big three kind of paranormal things from, from where I grew up. There was kind of the exorcist story. Uh, there's Patience Worth, uh, who I've done a, a separate podcast about that we could direct people to. And there's the Lemp Brewery. So again, comes back to beer. But uh, those are kind of the big three kind of local paranormal stories I had growing up. So I think that's maybe another reason I didn't find The Exorcist scary because it was kind of a familiar story, if, if you like. But at the same time, I think it's an amazing film and I'm, I'm glad we're sort of celebrating 50 years of it. But it's also, it's done serious damage to the Ouija board industry because no one was freaked out about Ouija boards before that. And then Midwestern moms all got satanic panicked about it. So Yeah, anyway. satanic panic from everything. Okay, so another two, which I thought was maybe interesting. Um, the Shining with an IPA. So this one says the bold and hoppy character of an IPA can match the intensity of Jack Nicholson's performance in this iconic horror film. What do we think? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, good pairing. Although I'd say, you know, let's let's focus less on him and more on everyone else. Like to me, it's it's Scatman Crothers films. It's his film, you know. Anyway, here we are. So <laughs> nice. I really okay, like so the then... sequel to that better Doctor Sleep, I thought was but it is a cool film to watch. That. I do, I do enjoy. Yeah. Again, it's a oh, film yeah. I watched like way too young. I would have been like seven or eight, sneaking into a room to see it. And again, I don't know if it scared me or not. I, I know that the the bathtub scene scared me, where the you know there's the woman in the bathtub. But the rest, I was kind of like, oh, this is cool. But you get is maybe not the most normal response. But <laughs> well, I mean, like I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Like I, my keychain is actually from The Shining. It says the Overlook yeah. Hotel. It's a little thing, and I'm oh, I love it. wearing a. The Losers Club shirt, which is from um, it. So I, you know, I'm a big Stephen King fan. Mm. Just tangentially, I have to say there were some sexy Pennywise costumes uh, at the Halloween shop in the Jervis Center. So if anyone's still at a loose end, just just say you've got choices. So you know what? No, no, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And last one. So the one that the one that I found really scary was The Ring, uh, as we know, and it was paired with a Baltic Porter which I thought was interesting because I love Baltic Porters. Mm, and interesting. A Baltic Porter's smooth and dark profile complements the eerie and suspenseful nature of this J horror film. Interesting. I, I actually have Baltic it. Porter as one on, on one of my, in, in my list as well, but mm. uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. No, I wouldn't, I would not put those two together. I think Baltic Porter. Yeah, you wouldn't? Mm-mm. No. I'm trying to think of what I would pair with it, but I don't think it's a Baltic Porter. Mm. What do you think, Lisa? I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've even actually seen the ring all the way through. I don't know if I have, but I I do feel like, yeah, I don't know if Baltic Porter goes. Yeah. It sort of depends also, like, are we talking about the remake or are we talking about the original? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because the remake is, again, nostalgic. And so it's putting me back there with those like sort of like lawnmower beers just because I like, you know, have lots of nostalgia. But the original one, which is scarier than the English version one, I would not put with that beer at all. Mm, You know, definitely something dark and complex with like a lot going on too. Because I mean, very, very good film. Um, Mm. What should I put there? But yeah, hmm. it could even be like a Russian Imperial Stout or something, maybe. Yes, like, yes, or even like an Imperial IPA. Just like something yeah. that's got a lot going on. Um, but it's a classic, so maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe like an Imperial Stout or Imperial IPA, something that's a classic film, but that's a pretty heavy hitter. Mm, could be good to know. Good to know. Okay, so Lisa, let's get onto your brand of horror. Yeah. So I have. Tell us more. I have well. I'll first set the scene a little bit. So I have a ridiculously enormous collection of ghost lore that I've been, you know, getting since I was a small person, probably eight or nine. I've been buying books about 
you know, local ghost stories, Where, wherever I've lived or wherever I've traveled, I always buy the local, you know, and I'm putting this in air quotes for those listening at home, the sort of the true ghost stories, some of which are fascinating, some of which you see sort of versions of in other places. So you're like, but wait, I got that in York and in Lincoln and, in, you know, but others are very much, you know, unique to the the kind of locale. So I have all of these books and kind of, I've done a separate podcast on my ridiculously large ghost lore collection. And, you know, I have the odd cryptid book and the odd, uh, you know, UFO book, but most of what I have is ghosts. That's my big thing is, uh, is having all that ghost lore. And I think that is also kind of what, what sort of primed the pump as it were for the kind of, uh, I could say again, mostly TV adaptations I like in this in this genre, although some, some films as well. So we talked a little bit about The Wicker Man. And again, it's because it has this sort of folkloric vibe, even if a lot of the folklore it's referencing is not exactly, um, and again, all sort of real, because a lot of it relies on kind of Margaret Murray and the witch cult. And again, I can talk at great length about how it's all nonsense, but other people have done that for me. So everyone should go read Ronald Hutton's books because I, I think the way they they summarize it is, uh, you know, he, he demolishes the whole thing, but he makes you feel really good about sort of what's come out of it anyway. And you're like, oh, that's nice. So it's it's just a, again, deep cuts there, but uh, there's, there's that sort of folkloric basis for a lot of these things that I'm into. So, you know, where again, it tends to be about ghosts and it tends to be about um, something that feels like, again, kind of in air quotes, a real haunting, if you like. But so there's, there's the Wicker Man, which again, doesn't have ghosts, doesn't have any hauntings, just has vibes. Um, and I, I, I won't go too much into that one because I think everyone has seen it at some point. But again, I tend to pair it with something like a porter or a wee heavy because it's taking place in Scotland. So I think there's mm -hmm. that little, uh, you know, ability to get one in there. And I do think just like, tangentially i feel like we heavies are something we don't see enough of these days i feel like they've oh. sort of fallen out mm. of fashion i feel like there used to be a lot more of them around yeah um, that's true so anyway so i uh, know a perfect excuse for someone to brew one just mm -hmm. just saying did so. you guys also used to drink a lot of innocent guns beers because they had um that all the different uh we heavies and different shillings that were, they did they were, yeah, yeah. Like your 60 shillings and yeah everything yeah. like that and 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 i do love too all like that the williams brothers ones too like your um you know the the uh that the heather ale and uh they had a gruet all of those things the sort of historical ish uh scottish mm. beers i think would love to see more of those again so I think those would go really, really nicely. Again, you could also pair a cider with the Wicker Man because they are growing apples on Summer Isle. So that would also be thematically appropriate. But uh, I'm less of a cider person. So going to go for, um, you know, going to go for something else there. But when we get into kind of my, what's it, we'll call my, my, my M.R. James era. So I, I love all the ghost stories of M.R. James. Again, they're very sort of academic and tweedy they're short so anyone who hasn't read them you know you, you can uh you can pick a lot of them up for free there are plenty out there lots and lots of um story collections but he had uh sort of two big ghost story collections and throughout the 1960s 70s into the 80s every year the bbc would adapt one or a kind of related story as part of their ghost story for christmas um series if you like and it went on for a long time, eventually stopped. It has made sort of a return. But as far as I can tell, only Mark Gatiss is allowed to do them now, which is nice, but it would also be good to see other people get a chance to kind of have a have a crack at it as well instead of just the same people. But, you know, that said, minor point. But one of my favorite ones, um, and I'll start with this one, because sort of different, different stories have their own sort of partisans. A lot of people love A Whistle and I'll Come to You. That one, again, I think you want something that's, like like an English IPA because you're going to be kind of you're it's set at the seaside it's set in Aldborough in um, in Suffolk so you definitely want something that has a little bit of a sort of sea air to it or at least a kind of thought of sea air but my my particular favorite of the the OG adaptations as it were is Lost Hearts and that one was from 1973 it's an incredibly creepy story I will say too, they did a really great lunchtime adaptation of it at the Bewley Theater last year, uh, where you could just go and for something like a tenor, you could go see a 45 minute stage production uh, done as kind of a, a three person show. And it was fantastic. Absolutely loved it. But uh, again, the 1973 adaptation is my jam for a lot of reasons. Again, it's very atmospheric. It's pretty much a straight adaptation of the short story. For, for anyone who doesn't know, I would say go look it up. But essentially, a young boy comes to his uh, his cousin's sort of big country pile. It's all sort of 
18th century ish, maybe early 19th century. I can't remember the exact date, but it's clear that the the creepy uncle has designs of some sort uh, on on the young boy, and there are two uh, ghosts of two children who come and uh, they, they kind of help him out. I'll say that I won't go too much into it, but it's incredibly creepy in terms of how it's shot, and again, it's so effective. In this very short piece of you know sort of very short film so well edited it's all about kind of the lighting and and the editing and again they don't show like we were talking about before any of the kind of super scary things but what they do choose to show it's very sort of um i guess thoughtful if you like it again it was the bbc in the 70s they did not have a budget anyone who watched 70s doctor who or still watches 70s doctor who will be aware like what they were working with this looks like at least like they spent a bit of money on it you don't think they did but it looks like it so again they're at the big country pile all of these things but i i think for this one again i i feel kind of um i i've sort of been gone back and forth on this one because i think on one hand you might, might want like a best bitter but now i'm like would a mild be better i'm thinking kind of yorkshire it's somewhere in the north but at the same time i was also thinking baltic porter because the you know the, the uncle looks like the type who's going to sit around and drink sherry and while i don't want to mm. sit around and drink sherry i feel like like uh you know a baltic porter is a very nice sort of um replacement if you like for sherry so i think i might pair sherry with or, or my pair rather a baltic porter with lost hearts um i think that would be a fun one um but the other one i wanted to to mention or the sorry the other two i wanted to mention specifically i do have one that's a film uh which is the 1961 adaptation of The Turn of the Screw by Henry James, no relation to M.R. James. It's called The Innocence. It is by far my favorite horror film um, in terms of films. It's black and white. It is incredibly creepy. It is, again, very close to the short story, um, but there are a lot of things. It's just like very psychologically disturbing, but it's all about the lighting and the way it's edited. It's incredible. Um, this one's kind of more more sort of Victorian. There are other adaptations of it I don't love as much, but the, the go for. But I think, again, this is something I might pair a stout with. I think being black and white maybe kind of lends itself to, to that, if you like. But wonderful, wonderful film. Highly recommend it. Very, very, very creepy. And I, I think the other thing to, to say about it, too, is that it's it's just one of these things where it kind of pioneered some of these kind of not jump scares, but kind of cutaways where, you, where you're like, wait, did I see what was that? Ooh. And you like, you would have like, now you can go back and say, did I see something there? But of course, originally these things were just edited so quickly, you, you know, you might not have been sure you saw something. And again, it's, it's really more of a psychological horror because you don't know, are these things really happening or are these things all happening in her head? And even in the short story, it's, it's left pretty ambiguous. And, and again, there's also, um, the Benjamin Britten opera of it as well, because we nerd out about that kind of thing in our household. But uh, again, I'm going to go for a stout for that one. Like the black and white really makes it, really makes it work. But my my last one is actually relatively modern, so ooh, I do have one. Um, but again, we're going back to M.R. James, back to the well. Um, but this is their more the the BBC's you know revival of the ghost story for Christmas with the tractate Middath that was from 2013, one of the Mark Gatiss ones. But I love the cast and. It, it's almost kind of weird to see it in real color, if, if you like, one of these things, because the old ones are all in kind of this sort of 70s, either either black and white or in the sort of 70s, like Kodachrome looking color that just feels off. And it's almost like, would it be as creepy in kind mm -hmm. of with modern lighting, modern, you know, techniques? Um, but it really works. And I think it really works because of the cast. Um, you have Sasha Dewan, who is wonderful. Um, so excited to see him in this role where he's kind of the librarian who who gets a scare and then that sets off a chain of events um and again so it's all things i love it's libraries it's sort of stuffy but it's um you know again these things are all happening for a reason if you like and it's about also sort of figuring out what's what's happening there but it's all very gentle and very soothing so for, for me it's an esb so it's just one of these things you can put on it's almost like a cozy mystery but it's less of a mystery and more like did he see this? What, you know, or, or was this again, kind of all in his head? And it's, um, again, it's all very sort of gentle and soothing and clubby and chummy and all of those things. You could also have a little bit of whiskey, but I'm going to go ESB. But again, this is the one that's in color, in real color. So <laughs> yeah, I can be a little bit up to date, but yeah, everything else, my, they tend to be either again in that sort of 
very diluted kind of color or in black and white for for me for for horror so i think something about that sort of aged feel as well i think gives a little sort of that that's my sort of horror patina if you like so well listen i feel very uneducated because both of you have clearly got a very specific niche within so this specific. world that yeah that you're so into it's a it's it's fascinating to hear it uh, i love the passion coming from it so now um if one was to start on let's say educating oneself on different horrors so would you go would you go from sort of you know less scary or more predictable scary to kind of more creepy scary or would you try go from like older movies where the effects would weren't different do you try look for a storyline that you like like what do you do oh christina you have ideas and i'll I'll jump in i've got a couple things i'm thinking of but i don't i don't necessarily think you need to start at something not as scary um because you kind of want to i think the storyline is more important you need to figure out what scares you and what scares you in a fun way um (sighs) Because I like fun, scary movies. For me, it's like a cathartic way to to be scared because it's not really, like something isn't really going to happen. So it's fun, right? So I like movies that scare me in a fun way. So I tend to like found footage, supernatural horrors. I like slashers um, because, again, I don't really think that's going to (laughs) happen. Knock on wood. Um, but those sorts of things, I enjoy being scared. I think it's a good time. So you have to kind of figure out what sort of scary movies, if any, you like and what sort of scared mm. you like to be. And then kind of go through films and see what what might work for that and if you have specific things that are really upsetting for you go to does the dog die.com and figure out if that film <laughs> yes, is going to have one point. of those triggers for you um so you can avoid those because i know you know some people don't like movies where kids get hurt you know that can be a massive absolutely i'm not going to touch that kind of thing that doesn't bother me it can bother other people so you know have a have a google and figure out if that's something that's going to be there that's going to upset you and avoid those films. So you need to kind of, for me, figure out what is the fun scare for you? And then Mm. look for films that are gonna line up with the thing that's gonna make you happy or you might enjoy. And then once you kind of get comfortable with that, maybe think, okay, you know, I wasn't sure if I'm gonna like this, but now I'm really comfortable here. Maybe I'll try something that I'm not sure about and kind of go from there but like feel comfortable put the lights on you know if if you're not sure about something and walk away from it or turn it off Mm. or watch it on Tubi where there's ads so you get a break every (laughs) once in a while you know yeah no I I think that's a great that's a great shout And, and I think for me because so many of the ones I really enjoy tend to be based on either a short story or a book, you could always start with that and then see if it's something that works for you. Because again, to go back to mm-hmm. the, the MR James example, he describes, you know, what happens in his ghost stories as a pleasing terror. So it's all about it's just scary enough to be, you know, exactly what's right for, you know, that particular reader. And then when they're once they're adapted, you know, did the adaptation work? Was it scary enough? Was it too scary? You know, all of those kind of things. So I like if you kind of find some of the ones you enjoy reading, and then you can go and find you know, the adaptation as well. And again, like to some of your examples, Christina, like there have been so many adaptations or sort of takes on like Shirley Jackson's um, stories and books lately. So I think that's another really, um, I would say good jumping off point maybe for people who are both like new to Shirley Jackson, but also to that specific kind of, again, almost like, like again, sort of psychological and I would say very feminist horror as well. Like there's a, yes. that's a really good place to to sort of get get started. Cause my, my only, you know, knock on all my MR James is it does happen to you know, be almost all just middle-aged dudes who are, you know, cause that's all he knew. And that's all, you know, you, you sort of read about. There are the odd female characters here and there. And, and, and actually I will say Mark Gatiss has been good about trying to get some more female characters into them in a way that feels natural and that doesn't sort of throw off the story um again purists will as always you know be like oh it's different but you know I, I think people are trying to make some of these a bit more inclusive um but that would be one one place to start is sort of maybe find ones you like to read and again they can be short I actually really like the short ghost stories there's something about them that's you can kind of dip in and then be done that I find very again very soothing and then when they kind mm-hmm. of come to life on screen it's uh you know, again, when they're done well, you're like, oh, it's just, it's again, that same pleasing terror. So 
Yeah. And I think on that, I think the Mike Flanagan um, series on Netflix are really accessible ones. Um, particularly, like, I I, uh, I would definitely, they're very feminist. They're very inclusive. Um, probably not as perfect as they could be. Of course, there's always more improvement, but much better than, you know, some of the movies of yore, I should say. Yeah. Um, and they tackle some serious issues in a way that is heartbreaking or heart-wrenching and interesting. Um, I think those are somewhere you could probably start and kind of see how it goes, but they are heavy. Like they are heavy series. So if you want something a little bit lighter, go with your screams, go with your slashers, go with your Halloweens, go with something like that. But if you want to start maybe venturing into, cause there's a lot of horror movies that are really taking on social issues. Um, mm-hmm. And I really like those kinds of movies. And I would say that the Mike Flanagan ones will address those kind of social issues. They have, they're commenting on things. So if you like dramas, you like, you know, your, your Downton Abbey's or your kind of like thinking sort of shows, you will like Mike Flanagan's series. You will like the commentary. You will find it interesting. The, the monologues in those shows, beautiful. The discussions of life and death, fascinating. Just mm. they're beautiful, beautiful stories. You've convinced me, and since that's <laughs> you know since they're on Netflix, I think I've got some new weekend plans besides the Rugby World Cup final. Ah, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, yes, which which also, and um, if they could have measured the uh, heartbeats and blood pressure of, of people <laughs> across the world supporting the South Africans, would have you know would have done comparably to some of these horror movies I think absolutely anyway. <laughs> yes no so I, th- I think it sounds amazing so now wh- what would you, what would you both be doing over this kind of Halloween weekend you know for the folks listening at home they're getting this week after Halloween but so what would would you all be doing for the Halloween weekend in terms of mm-hmm. movies and entertainment and beers so many things <laughs> well, I'll start because I have plans. So I, since I've taken the week off, since um, my kids are off school, well, my, my smaller kid is off school. So I'm going to take her to Marsha's library, which is a wonderful place in Dublin to visit if you like something that's a bit spooky, but just, you know, kind of a little off the beaten path. Um, highly, highly recommend to visit there. So we'll, we'll pop in there. But I think um, also important to recognize that there's some really good uh, Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, things happening in and around town. So we're going to try to get into to some of those. So sort of for right after, uh, right after Halloween. But I I do have um, planned a, a a rewatch of uh of the Tractate Midas. So I, I'm excited about uh getting that in. But I think um definitely there's actually a lot going on around town. I I may. I may pop into the Grave Diggers just because I haven't been there for a long time, just to you know, again for vibes. So part of spooky season. So we'll see. But the the other thing I think that if anyone is in Dublin, and um, again, this is, you're probably hearing this after it's uh, happened, but the the Magnus Parade, uh, you know, they're coming from Galway to do their their amazing spooky puppets and drumming and sort of theatrical bits. Um, it's going to be going down uh, Henry Street and Mary Street and onto Capel Street. So I'm definitely going to go and uh, watch that. I've got some friends who are going to be in it. So can't wait to go and uh, see some, you know, spooky, uh, spooky parading. So too much going on in the next couple of weeks, but it's, it's all good. That's awesome. Christina, what are your plans for the rest of kind of October spooky season movies and beer? Um, so Halloween is my big holiday of the year. Um, I mean, Christmas is great too, but Halloween is my big holiday of the year for so many reasons, but in terms of like beer and spooky movies, that's going to be sort of dominated. So I am submitting my book to my publisher next week. So I'm hoping to have the complete draft done this week and then taking some days off around Halloween and then just having a few more looks over at the end of the next week, the end of next week. So that means it's going to be spooky movies all day, all the time. Now I will go for the classics. So I'll probably rewatch the whole Scream series um hocus pocus is usually required viewing i will binge eat so much candy corn and then like i do a big fancy dinner on actual halloween for reasons um you know give out candy to the kids but i will be watching non-stop spooky movies and my husband and has dared me to actually scare him this year so i have a lineup of really scary movies for him to watch with me 
Oh, that's exciting. Oh, one more thing. We're doing the kids ghost bus. We've never done the kids ghost bus. So I'll, I will report back. I've only ever done the the grown up ghost bus. So there we go. Very, very cool. Love it. Well, friends, is there anything more you'd like to add about beer and horror movies? Because otherwise we're going to call it spooky season over for this year, pretty much. And on to, on to lighter and brighter topics from the next, from the next episode. Mm -hmm. Spooky season is never over. It's always year drowned. Halloween is a lifestyle, Tandy. <laughs> it's it, it is a vibe though, isn't it? Like it can stay. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. happy for it to be around. Yep. Yeah, because again, we, actually, we can pull it back out for Christmas. So I know there's lots yeah. of spooky stuff for Christmas too. Yeah. True. Yeah, here true, for true, it. True. And and again, I, I think just speaking of Christmas, we can put a pin in it until then, but we need to start thinking which breweries have good Christmas sweaters. So start your engines, folks. I've seen two entries already, and it's only October as we're recording. Mm. So, you know, I think we'd like to see more of that. Just going to say. Mm-hmm. That would be so fun. We yeah. all need a good Christmas sweater. So, yes. yes. Love it. Okay. Also, more well, spooky merch, too. Yes, 100%. Spooky merch for the women. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that, too. I'm a bit bored of my own decorations and stuff now. So, um, you know, you know, even decorations, like everything just gets a little stale. So I think just, yeah, new, new fun things. Love it. Here, here. Okay. Well, friends, thank you so much for uh, sharing your wisdom and sharing your niche interests and hobbies. It's, it's very <laughs> enlightening for a person like me as a, as a complete pleb um, and love the beer recommendations. Very, very fun. Um, and for those listening at home, the usual stuff, guys, check us out on the, so- on the socials, like it, recommend it to a friend, These are all the good things that help us out here on the Beer Ladies podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.